<laughs> Kelly leans over to me and so, says, so singing Great I Am before you preach, is that like thunderstruck for pastors? <laughs> da, 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 da. So. <laughs> and we just had Starbucks come out of Jimmy's nose. So I think I'm done with my message. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm excited. oh, that was good. Um, we are in the middle of this series. Actually, we're finishing the series Leverage today. Um, I'm very excited. I, I really like this, this idea of leveraging our time, our talent, our resources for the kingdom of God, reshaping what that looks like. I was like, oh, I've got to volunteer at church. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to give them money because they won't shut up about it. That's not the mentality that we're talking about here. We want to leverage what we've been given by God for the maximum effectiveness for the kingdom of God. That when we give the little bit of what God has given us, the little bit of talent, the little bit of time, the little bit of treasure that he's given us, we, we get to see miracles happen through that. And that is a dramatic mind shift. That is a huge idea that I, don't, I get to participate in the miracles of God. And so that's what we're we're working towards and what we're thinking about today. So we've talked about how we manage our time, how we manage our talent, and today is how do we manage our resources. So if you're a visitor with us today, we don't talk about money uh, all the time, but we do talk about money, and because it's in the scripture, a lot. And so I'm supposed to teach us scripture, so then we teach about money. This is how it goes. Some people feel really weird about it. Go ahead and get your weirdness out. It's okay. I won't step, I might step on your toes, but if you step on your toes, that's your fault because I'm just preaching the scripture. So there you go. Uh, so, whoa. Uh, I didn't mean to even get that uh, serious right there, but that's okay. Life isn't about collection. It's about leveraging usefulness. Life isn't about what we can collect. It's about leveraging what we have for usefulness. As we leverage our building, every square foot in this place for the kingdom of God. If you're up in the front, you get to hear kids talking and screaming and giggling and laughing because they're having a blast in church. Amen? Don't you wish that? Maybe if you didn't grow up here, you grew up in a church where you weren't allowed to have fun at church. That is not the case here, right? We get to have fun. In fact, it's expected that you will have a blast as a child in this church. Um, and they are doing that downstairs right now, and that is fabulous. Life isn't about collection. It's about leveraging usefulness. <clears throat> if you have a Bible with you uh, or on your phone or in the seat in front of you, uh, Luke chapter 12 is where we're going to be at. If you don't have a Bible of your own, there's two places that you can get a free one right now. You can grab the one in front of you and take it home with you. If you don't have another Bible, just take that one. If you've got five at home collecting dust, please don't take our Bibles. But if you need one, take one. It's Okay. Also, uh, we have free Wi-Fi here at the church. For you all, you can download an app called YouVersion, and you can have uh, as many translations of the Bible on your phone at all times if you'd like. Standard messaging and data billing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's there. Um, <laughs> I threw myself off with that. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> this weekend is a grand weekend in Shorewood. It's my wife's favorite weekend of living here, yard sale weekend. <laughs> they, they have a little train. The, the ladies get to, some of the ladies get together, and they go, and they hit as many yard sales as they possibly can. Um, and uh, it's just what, something they do and fun stuff and find some treasures. Um, 
treasures is what I'm going to call it. Yeah, treasures. And uh, <laughs> this, exp- this experience um, is a unique one. It, it is interesting. It's about this, this point here. Life is not about collection. It's about leveraging usefulness. Because the yard sale is about leveraging the usefulness of your junk, right? I have junk in my house that used to be useful to me, might not be useful anymore because life has changed. Kids have moved. Kids have grown up. Uh, I don't do that anymore, blah, blah, blah. It's dad's junk that I, I inherited, and I don't want dad's junk, so let's get rid of it. And let's leverage the usefulness. It might be useful to someone else. They can buy this said junk for cheaper. Everybody's happy. That's the essence of what a yard sale is. That is what a yard sale is supposed to be. In my endeavors around the, the village this week of yard sales, I found that people were more collectors. I walked up to, I could definitely tell there's a couple men in this, this community who their wives made them put their tools up for sale. Because they were basically, they're 20-year-old tools. I know some of you, that's like sacrilegious, tools for sale. No, 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 no. And these men would echo your, your sentiment. Um, because the tools were for sale at market value, except they're 20-year-old used tools. It's like, wait, you're not trying to sell something. You're just making somebody happy here. This is your collection. This is my baby. My precious. You know, like, don't, <laughs> don't, don't do this. Um, and that's, that's what was going on there in, uh, in some of these yard sales. And I walked up to another yard sale. This was really interesting. I walked up to the yard sale. And the woman had her collection on display. She was very proud of what she'd priced everything at. These astronomical prices, like really high. Like kids don't touch, you might break, and then we have to buy. Like, when did we get into a china shop? I thought we were at a yard sale. And she didn't want to sell anything. She wanted to show off her collection to the neighbors. That's what was going on. It wasn't, yeah, it was antiques and wonderful to her. To the rest of us, it was stuff. Life is not about a collection. It's about leveraging the usefulness. And too often we do this with our stuff, right? We collect things, shoes, baseball cards, tools, toys, boats, cars, whatever it is, motorcycles, whatever it is you collect. You're like, don't say my thing. My wife's going to elbow me. It's, you know, whatever that is. We collect, we collect, we collect, we collect. It's not about the collection. It's about leveraging the usefulness of our stuff, because all it is is just junk that's going to rust, that's going to get destroyed, that's going to pass away. How do we get the most out of it? Because if we're just collecting, we're just being selfish. How do we leverage it for the greatest good? This week, in fact, we've been leveraging uh, our building. We uh, have a problem. This is a fan- I'm going to tell you about a problem that our church is having. If all of our toddlers show up on one Sunday, we have 18 kids show up. That's just between one and three. All right? In a space. So if they all show up, we have 18 kids in one room and three heart attacks from the volunteers that would be in said room. So this is, this is an issue. So we said, okay, I had an elder meeting, told them about our, our issue that we're having. We have staff meeting where we brought in um, some, some other people close to the situation and said, how do we solve this problem? This is, these are the, buildings we, or the building we have. We're not going to all of a sudden get a bigger building. That's just, you know, we could move them out to the garage maybe, but that's not going to happen. Um, we're, we, got, we got an issue. So how do, we, how do we deal with these things? And so I drew a diagram of our church on my whiteboard. It's still there. We've erased and drew walls. And what are we, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? How do we, get, how do we solve this wonderful problem? And so this week, we got to do a, uh, 
instant makeover. We switched the, the old conference room that was the old nursery back to an old nursery. Um, and just toddler room. It's like toddler specific is beautiful. And then the, the baby room that was um, an office years ago is still the infant room, but those two are conjoining so the volunteers can help each other. If we have a toddler who's having a bad, a terrible, no good, horrible, bad day, we can just say, here you go, buddy. You get a quiet space all to yourself. And so we can, we can leverage the, the, the flow of that traffic a little bit better and we can do that. But now we have the old toddler room is empty. And so now it's our conference room. It's a place where uh, the life group that meets on Sunday mornings can meet. It's where we can have uh, different meetings and prayer meetings and whatnot that happens. But also, very specifically during the service, we can leverage that space to be a cry room. So if you have a child that is not really ready to be separated into the toddler yet, but they can't be in here because they're going to be like, the whole time they're they're in here, um, where do we do with you? How, how, do, how do I participate in the service? Let me tell you. You can walk into that room. It has the audio from the message in the service piped in there, so you're not missing out. There's a nice little, um, what's that thing called? A glider. Uh, a glider in there for you. Um, a glider in there for you, and it's a very comfortable uh, space, as well as our, our messages are piped into the lobby as well. So there's two places that you can participate in that and still be a part and not miss out. But it's just one of those things like, how do we, how do, we do? How do, we, how do we get there? How do, how do we go? We're not done yet solving these problems, but this is the first step in solving a wonderful problem. This is what we're doing, leveraging what we have for the greatest usefulness for the kingdom of God, right? And so this is a fantastic issue, a fantastic problem that we get to try to solve. Leverage is about using what we've been given to maximize our effectiveness for the kingdom of God. I got a diagram out here. I want to show you. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, and then somebody said, Jared, what's a fulcrum? Well, that's pretty important to uh, what I've been saying for these uh, series. And I said, you know what? I probably should explain that. So here's a picture. Uh, what we've been talking about is the force. You see the force up here. Um, that's not something from Star Wars. That's the, the pressure applied from you. Um, that's your time, your talent, your treasure being, being given. So multiplied by all of us putting our time, talent, and treasure together. We, use the, we push pressure onto the fulcrum. The fulcrum is the Holy Spirit that exponentially multiplies that power to lift people up. The load is the people in which we're investing, right? So picking people up from the, the pits that they're in, maybe the financial pit, maybe the emotional pit, maybe the spiritual pit, Whatever that's at, it multiplies that to pick them up. Does this make sense? Is that helpful? The little, 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 little picture is probably a lot better than me just explaining it. But that's the idea in which the whole series is, is, is pivoting on. And uh, I, I just really want to help you with that today. Leverage is about using what we have been given to maximize our effectiveness for the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about in Luke 12 today about, about how leveraging resources matters. But more than that matters. In this whole series, we've been talking about how we are accountable for what God has given us. We're accountable for what God has has let us be stewards of. You're accountable for the gifts God has given you. You're accountable for that. You're accountable for the talents God has given you. You're accountable for the resources God has given you. And you are accountable for the time God has given you. Whether it's great, whether it's short, we're accountable for that. This is important as we go into Luke chapter 12. Someone in the crowd said to him, 
Jesus is teaching. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. I could be done with the message after that verse. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. This is antithetical to the whole American capitalist dream, right? What is our goal as Americans? To get stuff. We've invented things like Craigslist and, and uh, eBay and, you know, all these. Uh, Amazon now has these little, these are really cool, these little push buttons that, like, when you run out of toilet paper, you just hit the button and it magically shows up at your day in two days later. It's pretty cool. But, uh, so, but we just, we've, we've oriented ourselves to acquire stuff easier, to get stuff, to have stuff, to, to, to even just to stuff. Life does not consist of abundance of possession. Life isn't about collection. It's about leveraging usefulness. And this is why we showed the tiny home video. The tiny home video is, uh, it's very interesting. I'm captivated by this. Kevin's really excited about it. Um, And so Kevin talking about tiny home stuff, all of a sudden now I've caught the bug. I'm not moving to a tiny home. I'll guarantee you that right now. Some of you go, I already live in a tiny home. I didn't, know, I didn't know that was cool, but now I'm cool because I live in a tiny home. Good for you. you know, it's fine. Life is, it's got to be uh, intentional. Life in a tiny home has got to be very intentional. Everything is basically a Swiss army knife. Everything has to have eight different uses or it can't be in your tiny home. If you only have you know, a house as big as this carpet, you've got to be able to figure that out. Like, how am I going to, you guys are just like, what? No, no, no. If I lived with someone, I would kill them. And I don't have enough space to hide them. You know, it's just. <laughs> but think about it. Your, your bathroom, you have to be able to maximize the, the, the spot. Your kitchen has to be maximized. You're like, oh, it's a, ta- it's a table. It's a bed. It's a you know, it, whatever. It's like, but wait, there's more. It does this, this, this cleans, wipes. It does all kinds of stuff because it has to maximize the usefulness. Leverage is not about, or life is not about collection. It's about leveraging usefulness. The idea of a tiny tiny home is leveraging the usefulness of every single thing in there. You got to purge. You got to get rid of all the stuff because those people have chosen that I'm going to get rid of my mortgage payment. I'm going to get rid of this stuff because I want to experience life in a different way. I don't want to have a a, a mortgage appointment, appointment leverage, uh, mortgage payment over my head for my whole life. I don't want to. I want to be able to go travel. I want to be able to experience. I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to do that. And those things are not uh, available to me if I'm strapped with this huge debt all the time. This is very interesting. I think it's a really neat thought. And it's probably a healthier thought than a lot of us have. But life is not about collection. It's about leveraging usefulness. You cannot be about collecting things. No one's going to be collecting antiques in a tiny home. No one's, you, that's, it's not going to happen. The only thing you can still collect in a tiny home is books because you have, could have a Kindle, right? And just download it uh, on, the, uh, on your, your app there. But that's basically the only thing you can do. You can't, you got to get rid of those. You got to separate all that stuff. Life is not about collection. It's about leveraging usefulness. I believe 
that one of the greatest ways in which we leverage our funds is to invest in the kingdom of God. That when life quits being about what we can get, what we can collect, but what we can do with it, something beautiful changes. Something beautiful inside us changes. And we start leveraging what we have, whatever that's a lot, whether that's a little, for the kingdom of God. We get to participate in the stories of people being redeemed, of people who were lost now being found. And say, you know what? I had a little small part in that. I got to participate in that. And it's beautiful stories to have. And he told them this parable, verse 16. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God says to him, you fool. This night your life will be, very de- will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. This is very interesting to me. Uh, in verse 16, underline the word abundant, abundant harvest. Because the guy is obviously already taken care of. He's already got money or crops or a yield. He is doing well. He already has barns, right? It's not a, a poor guy who all of a sudden just found something. He's like, "Woo! oh, and you didn't give that away? You're dead. That's, that's not what's happening here. It's a, it's a farmer who has a bumper crop, a huge crop, something that's just going to be like, oh, wow, this is way over and above anything I've ever expected. This is the huge, you know, raise or bonus that you didn't expect that you're didn't get, but, you know, we can talk about it. Uh, this is a huge, a huge thing like, oh, whoa, whoa, this is more than I ever, ever need or could use. And so the mentality of the man was, instead of what can I leverage, what can I do with this, how can I bring it into my own storehouses? Well, my storehouses aren't, aren't big enough. We've got to build a bigger one. So he burns down, he tears down his own, the plans that made him safe and okay for life, And so let's tear that down so we can build new ones. And this is is where he's at fault. Because in the Old Testament, when you received abundance like this, your your requirement, what you should be doing, is giving and supplying to others. He's already got his storehouse is full. It's done. It's maxed out. His bank account is on overload. And he got more. What do I do with it? I don't go build another bank. I get to give it away. I get to leverage it for people around me. What can he do for the socioeconomic area around him? I'm, already, I'm taken care of. I can eat, drink, and be merry for a long time. What can I do? I can change the socioeconomic about the, the village around me. I can give my, my, my villagers, maybe that so-and-so down the road had a flood, and he's not going to get anything this year. Here you go. You get to be taken up. Here's how are we going to do this? We're going we're to lift you up. That's where he's at fault because the obligation of someone who has been blessed so abundantly in, in Jewish uh, thought and in the, the Torah and the Old Testament is that now you get to, you're under obligation to lift those around you up, not hoard to yourself. And I thought about this. Where does this apply to, our, to us? And I was thinking about plans and how being a slave to plans steals the ability to leverage opportunities. 
This man obviously has a plan. He's going to work a plan. We all have plans. Hopefully we have plans. We have financial plans. We have plans for what we're going to do this afternoon. We have plans upon plans upon plans. But he is so caught up in his own plans for his own financial benefit that he doesn't see how God can use him through this beautiful opportunity. Now, I'm not preaching against plans. I have plans and contingency plans and plans on plans on different plans. And that's just how my brain works. Like, oh, okay, I got a plan for that. I got a plan for this. That could fell through. Okay, we got a plan for this one. We just, you got to do that. But being a slave to your plan steals the ability to leverage opportunities. Because he's a, he becomes, when he burns down his, and tears down his own barns, what did he do? He became a slave to the ability to make new barns. Otherwise, his whole crop is going to go to waste. Does this make sense? His whole crop goes to waste because he is stuck. He is just bulldogged in on that one idea, and he misses the opportunity that God has given him. I think we do that as well. When we have our plans on this is when we're going to retire, this is when we're going to buy this, this is when we're going to do this, I'm going to do this with my money at this time in this place and this, this way. And we get so bulldogged in that we don't see the God opportunities around us. We become slaves to our plans when they bind us from leveraging God opportunities. Goes on in, in verse 22. <clears throat> then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or, what, uh, or about your body or what you will wear. For life is more than food and body and more than, his body is more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, but yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than the birds. Who are you for worrying? Who, sorry, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into a fire, how much more will he clothe you? You have little faith. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Don't worry about these things. Stewardship, not ownership, is the way to leverage resources. Stewardship, not ownership, is the way to leverage resources. Resources. This is a mind shift on what we think about in our time and our talent and our treasure. This is a huge shift that we're stewards of it, not owners of it. And it's really about control. Ownership is how do I guard and protect what is mine? It is mine, my own. No one can have it. No one can touch it. Stewardship is how do I use it? How do I get more out of this? Because this is kind of the risk is gone. Because it's someone else's, really. It's, my, it's the owner's stuff. But how do I multiply the usefulness of this? How do I get the most out of it? This passage is talking about worry. Because when you worry, you have everything to lose. When you worry, you think, oh, I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose that. I'm gonna, uh, 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 uh. And by our inactions of worry, we wind up losing it. 
And Jesus, I think he's looking at this going, this whole concept of worry over stuff is so silly. I think this is really one of the places where you see the eternal perspective of God through the man Jesus come through. Is Jesus, which all things are created through, knows what it took to get earth exactly the right distance away from the sun so that this rock would be the right temperature that life could exist to put the molecules together and the atoms in the certain spot so that you could actually happen, right? The, same, the, the man Jesus in God Jesus is sitting there going, I know what it took to make your small intestine work. Like, I know what it took to get all these mitochondria to line up, you know, all these DNA. I knew what it took to get all these things to work. And you're worrying about what you're going to wear tonight. These girls just had prom. It's funny that I'm talking about that. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Like, wait, what are you doing? Don't worry about what you're going to eat. I put the earth blank many miles away from the sun so you could draw breath. Right? Don't worry about it. Don't worry, don't, don't worry. I, yeah. So that, that's the mindset of Jesus here. And when we have that kind of perspective, you're like, oh, it kind of doesn't matter, does it? It really puts it in perspective for me like, oh, yeah. I waste so much time. I waste so much of my talents and I waste so much of my resources trying to get over the worry of stuff that I shouldn't have no business being worrying about in the first place. Stewardship, when we have an idea of stewardship, that starts to go away. It's when we have this false sense of ownership that we limit our ability to leverage our resources. Worrying about money and stuff is not your job. It's not your job description. Leveraging your opportunities for the kingdom of God is. Don't be afraid, little flock. Your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief can come, comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I had a perfect object lesson of this yesterday. <clears throat> Apparently, I, I stored my, uh, my tackle box in the wrong spot because I opened it up. And everything in it is rusted. It's just like, well, we get to go to Bass Pro Shop. So there's the plus side. Uh, so everything, everything in it is just, and I got one of those in my finger, so I'm hoping I don't get tetanus in the next couple of days, but that's another pray for me. <laughs> so um, we, we, I just got to see that. And I was like, oh, well, Lord, if you wanted to give me an object lesson, could it be less painful with my finger? But it was there. To think that this is stuff, this is just junk. I thought it was there, I thought it was good. It's gone. Where do we put our treasure? Is it somewhere eternal, somewhere that can never be destroyed, or do we we keep hoarding it? Where it just wastes away. I want to tell you about some treasure that we've been building here at the church. I got two stories for you this morning. I got this is what we are doing at the church and why we take our kids' ministry so seriously. Because of stories like this. I got a picture here that I want up. This is Nate. This is Nathaniel um, and he, Janulius, and he is an awesome little dude. Um, Missy, his aunt, is convinced he's going to be a preacher. 
If we ever need a volunteer to pray, if you need a volunteer to pray at your family dinner, Nathan is your guy. He is first one to pray every time in the back. He's first one to do you know, He's just, that, this is him. He's a little, you can see him. He'll grab these cookies and he's got them and he's like munching on them like a chipmunk. And he, you can see the fire in his eyes. But he apparently goes back there and he just is all about Jesus all the time. This is awesome. He has joined us on the Junilus family, joined us through, through Missy Fermenti. It's her, um, her nephew. But she's been praying for Mike, her brother, for years. For years. For years. And Mike came to our block party last year. And that was the first time his family set foot in the doors and said, you know what, let's go, let's go to church. Came to the block party and has dramatically changed. Mike's been, uh, Mike's been drastically changed. From his vocabulary to the way he handles himself to his temper tantrums and road rage. He's told me. He's like, I just listen to your messages all the time, so I just don't flip out on people. Okay? Um, I was like, that's the first time someone said that they heard my voice and they didn't flip out on somebody, but that's okay. <laughs> but he, so here's a kid. So Mike was the one that we've been praying for. Mike's the life that we've been hoping to change. But what's happening is generational is changing. This is a picture of Nathaniel reading the book of James to his dad as he drives around the city. He said, this is a conversation, and he said, Daddy, what, what do you read in your Bible? And he said, well, you can open it up, because it's sitting next to him. You can, you can open The fact that Mike's reading the Bible, amen, can I get somebody? <laughs> so, um, and he said, like, pull the ribbon, and you can see where, oh, you're, you're near the end, Daddy. I was like, yeah, I haven't read the whole thing yet, son. <laughs> he's like, can I read it to you? So he's driving around town reading James to his dad. Now, you want a cure for road rage. That's it, right? What you're doing, leveraging every opportunity. I can go many ways with this. He's leveraging the opportunity of wasted time in a car to say, what is going on right here? He's having the truths of the Scripture melded into his brain as he reads it. He's getting to share the experience of going through the wonderful book of James with his son. Any questions, any time, any, anything that happens, he's, he's leveraging all kinds of different opportunities right here in this moment that's captured in this little picture. That's a story of a child who's being changed because a father was changed, because a father was prayed for, because the church decided to invest in something as silly as a block party. It has influence. As we leverage whatever that is, our time and our talent and our treasure, we get to see stories like little Nathaniel's eternity being changed. Not just today, not just now. Is he going to mess up? Absolutely. Is he going to be a little hellion? Yes, he's still Mike's son. (laughs) But we get to love him. We get to walk with him. We get to, to be with him. We get to share in that story. I got a little video here. Um, let's play this video. Jesus what he's trying to sing is the song we sang, we opened the service with. There's power in the name of Jesus. Uh, that's like my Christmas present. I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm good. Um, you know, this is a little Alex. 
And the Oswald family is one of the, one of the first families that started coming here when, um, new families that came here when I, when I started coming here. But when little Alex first started coming, um, he was the terror of the toddler room. Not because he misbehaves, but because he would just cry the whole time. He did not want to be there. He did not want to be away from mama. It was not a good thing, right? And, and mom decided, you know what? We're going to do this. We are going to cut the cord. It's going to happen. And there was, it was just painful. And there was many times where she could have given up and said, I can't listen to my baby cry. You know, I understand that feeling. I, well, no, I don't. I have no mercy, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm sure Kelly, Kelly can relate to you, but I, I can't. There's many times where she wanted to give up. There's many times where probably the toddler teachers was like, well, that mom, come and get this kid. But they said, no, this is important. We're going to invest. We're, we can do it because we know what's important in the sanctuary. We know it's important that I get to love this child right here, right now, and start teaching the truths of the scripture to this little one. That this is important. This is kingdom stuff. This is treasure in heaven stuff. And so Alex, you guys don't know this, doesn't like to talk. He didn't like to talk for a long time. I go, we go, had dinner at their house a couple times. Alex would say like one word maybe. Doesn't like to talk. Doesn't like to talk to mom, brother, sister. Wasn't just ugly Jared. He just doesn't like to talk. A couple weeks ago, Kelly looks over, and there's two kids that really didn't like to talk in, in preschool. Well, looks over. She's like, who is talking in here? Like the kids are supposed to be paying attention. Like, what is going on? And she looks over. And it's Alex, chatting away. And she just said to stop. She's like, I couldn't even tell him to stop. I was so excited about the freedom that Alex is experiencing that he's like, ah, I'm talking. I'm making friends. I'm part of this community. And then this week I get a video of Alex singing Break Every Chain. Come on. This is what the investment is. That whatever it is that we get to put in our time, talent, and treasure pushing down that lever, multiplied by the fulcrum of the Holy Spirit, lifting children up into the kingdom of God. That's just one avenue in which we do it. We have story after story after story of things like this. And I wanted to share these two with you today. Yes, because they are easy ones to get you to cry because they're children. Full disclosure. But I've been crying about them all week, so I figured you got to experience that too. They're beautiful stories of kids falling in love with Jesus. And that's what we're about. We're about people falling in love with Jesus. We were committed to leveraging every dollar, every moment, everything that we have to build up the kingdom of God. No wall is safe in this place if it means it makes a better place for our children. We will continue to do this. Continue to tell stories. In fact, this summer I want to uh, send Kevin on a mission to collect stories. And so if you have some stories that you'd like to share about how God has been shaping you, it doesn't have to be in the Shorewood Church of God environment, just that God has been shaping you, God is changing you. You'd be willing to maybe get on video and share some of those stories. I'd love it if you would talk to Kevin or me or even better because it's Sunday morning and we can't remember anything that happens on Sunday morning. Write it on a connection card and say, I'd be willing call me. I want to be on a, I want to do a video for you. Some of you have stories um, about how even automated giving has helped you and changed your, changed your perspective on giving. 
And some of you have stories of how God has interacted with your life and drastically changed you. You have stories on how God has met you at Walmart and provided for you. You have, you have stories on which how, how God has just met you in different areas and different places in your life. And we want to collect those uh, so that we can help share those stories and leverage them for the kingdom of God. I'm, I'm so excited about what God is doing in you and through you, that we want to bring that to uh, your attention in every way that we possibly can. Today, as we gave our offering, and as we continue to give offerings in the future, I hope you realize that when you give of your money, you are pressing down on that lever. That the Holy Spirit will multiply. It may not feel like much. It may, it may be very sacrificial. It may be uh, not very sacrificial. You don't, I don't know your cash how that works, that cash situation of you. But I want you to know that what that does is it pushes on that lever to bring people up for the kingdom of God. And as we ask you to, to give to the church, as we ask you to invest in the kingdom of God, it's not for me. It's not like, oh, Jared really wants a raise today, so we're talking about money for the next six weeks. That's not the thing. I want for you to be able to participate in the stories of the church and the stories of the kingdom of God. That's what I want for you, not something from you. I want something for you, and it's beautiful to be a part of. So as you think about how your time goes, is my time going in the right spots? Is my resources going in the right spots? Are my talents being used in the right ways? Am I investing in what really matters? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how big your 401k is if we're not taking people to heaven with us. Because no one's going to care if my house was paid off or what car's in my driveway when you're in heaven. What you're going to care about is how many of these people here I got to touch. How many of these people here I got to participate in their story. How many of these people here are Alex's and Nate's and Mike's? That's what I'm going to care about. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this time. Thank you for, God, we ask you for obedience. We ask you for the courage maybe to take the steps of faith it takes to part with our money. And God, we want to not be owners anymore. We want to be stewards of your finances, of your gifts, of your, the talents that you've given us, of the time that you've given us. We want to leverage it all for the kingdom of God. God, I thank you for stories, and I thank you for moments in which we get to celebrate those stories. Lord, right here and right now, I, for some of us, we are so captivated by worry, we can't even think about how to get out of it. And God, for those of us right now just, just chained because of of stress and anxiety on our finances or our future, God, I ask you to speak to our hearts and to give us freedom. God, I want to trust you more with all that I am. I want to trust you more with with all my time. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to waste the times I have with my kids. I don't want to waste the times I have to speak into individuals' lives. God, I ask you to to show me the gifts I have and the gifts that these people have, that they can can be of use to the kingdom of God, that you have uniquely and beautifully crafted them to do something amazing 
in the kingdom of God. And God, I ask you to leverage these resources, to multiply them, to do things that we had never even dreamed of. Lord, we love you, and we praise your name. Amen. I hope this week is a transformational kind of week. I hope these moments are transformational kind of moments. I hope when you are riding in the car, don't think, oh, man, I wish the kid would read the Bible to me. <laughs> Just think, how can I leverage these moments? Leverage my children. Leverage these, these moments of time that I can get the most out of them. Take that to heart. Let it plant seeds in you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you all the days of your life. You are dismissed.